from the EBW Studios in Austin, Texas. This is EBW Radio, empowering a billion women by 2020. Welcome to EBW Radio out of Austin, Texas, and our EBW headquarters. And I'm JB Hager. I'm your host. I've got a friend of EBW. Uh, for over a year at least, because I think I first met this woman just about a year ago, Lily Hall. Hello. 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 It's I, I am going to hammer you for free information. That's my goal today. Excellent. As an Smart advertising man. specialist, I was like, oh my gosh, if I'm if I'm a, a fan of EBW and I'm clicking on this to listen to it, I want to walk away with lots of free advice and not pay an advertising specialist. That's great. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> That's com- what I'm here for. <laughs> your company is Knock Inc., and I believe you're celebrating your 16th year. This is our 16th year of business. Which adds a lot of legitimacy because in the digital age, whenever you want to define that that started, it seems like there's a bazillion pop-up sort of new flavor of the month agencies. So in 16 years' time, you've seen economic sure. up and downturns. You've seen marketing budgets go away and yes, weathered we some have. tough times. <laughs> have you not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I started the agency. I actually launched. I, had, I quit my job early 2011, but I didn't start knock until two months after 9-11. So it was not the best timing. That was a horrific timing because, yeah, I was in radio at that time, and everybody's marketing budget went away yeah, it felt like yeah. it was on freeze for a it year. Was, it was. And you survived that. So, yeah. So two months after 9-11, went into my first recession in 2002. So I didn't sleep for about a year and a half um, from the time I started the company. Is So with Knock Inc., what got you over that hump at the beginning? Like, well, the beginning's always a hump, right? But what got you going? Like, how did you not just go, you know what, bad timing, I'm going to go work for somebody else. Oh, I had those thoughts. Yeah, um, I bet. A, a lot. And I I actually considered it. Um, I think for me, I self-funded the business. And for me, uh, failing was not an option because I had, you know, put my own money up. And so I gave myself a, a, a budget and a period of time. Um, I also had a two-year-old at home. And oh, my gosh. So, what else can we throw on your plate? Yeah, so so for me, it just it, it had to work. I had to make it work. See, I've heard people argue the opposite. They feel a lot of pressure to succeed when they've taken on like the friends and family, angel investor they know. You're kind of turned it on its heels where it's like, hey, this is my money. I'm working even harder. Well, I actually wasn't comfortable taking anyone else's money because I w- didn't have the confidence that I would be successful. So I was more comfortable losing my own money than other people's money. So I turned away... Um, a couple of people who wanted to invest just because I didn't think that I was going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> what Now, what was your, I don't know your background prior to that that led you to opening, you know, starting Knock the agency. So my background's pretty unusual. I was actually at a boutique agency only for two years prior to starting Knock. And prior to that experience, I was in the um, fashion and apparel industry. So I worked for a couple of brands. I worked for Adidas, which was my last gig. Oh my gosh, I... my daughter has some, she loves Adidas. 
What an amazing brand. I still love it. I still love it. It was And the retro kicks are cool. Yeah. So I went to work for Adidas when they were coming out of a coma in the United States. So it was it was an interesting time um, to be with a brand that was, you know, starting to do well. And so it was it was a great it was a great four years. And then I was recruited to um, an agency to work with them. The, the agency that I was at prior to starting my own um, was really interested in focusing at that time on Gen, Gen, Gen Y. Mm-hmm. And so I went to work for them and I loved my job and I was really happy. And one day they ran into a major um, financial crisis. Their biggest customer filed Chapter 11. And we had probably 60% of our receivables tied up in this. Um, one client. One client. Oh, boy. And so it really sent our agency into, a, you know, kind of a downward spiral. So I, I stayed on another six months, and then I just couldn't, I couldn't stay anymore. And That's I, what kicked you out of the nest a little bit? Well, I quit, and I had a non-compete that I had signed as an adult, and I should have <laughs> um, known better to mm-hmm. or at least gotten counsel um, but it's interesting. People ask, like, how did you do that? Why? And I said, you never go into a job thinking you're going to quit the job. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, obviously I was excited to be there and I didn't really think that I was going to leave. And um, But I did sign it and, and it prevented me from working um, in PR, advertising or design for one year. So how do you handle that now when you have an employee that doesn't want to sign a non-compete? So we do have a non-compete, but it's not as restrictive <laughs> okay. as that. So essentially ours protects our business. You know, you can't take our clients. Yeah. Don't take the staff. Which does happen a lot. It does happen in, a in lot. In advertising. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And especially today because, you know, we collaborate with other agencies on our clients' businesses. And so those other agencies meet our staff, you know, and, we, and we've run into this. They, they love working with them, and then they try to hire them away. And so we do things so that it's, um, you know, it protects our company, and 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 it's it's very fair. It's it's not what I signed, let's just say. Okay. <laughs> not what you had back Not what I had. So how, how did you know you were good at this? Because I think there's there's a lot of, I mean, ad agencies just run the gamut. They run, there's really good, really bad, or people are good at, I mean, you obviously have a good track record. Like, when and how did you know that, like, okay, I'm, I'm good at this? Well, I think going into it, you know, I, I didn't write a business plan. But what I started to do during this time of, you know, when I left my agency and I had this period of time where I was doing some soul searching is I actually grabbed a journal and started reflecting. And I actually wrote, I went back to every job I ever had all the way to high school and all my experiences, good and bad, and who I respected and why. And through that process, I thought to myself, well, I should, I should, I should try my own thing. And and you know, I have a good reputation, I have great contacts. I love so the business. So you literally wrote down age 16, McDonald's. Do not enjoy fry machine. It wasn't McDonald's <laughs> and it was 15, and it was a it was a it was a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and you actually Family wrote down owned. the good and bad. I did. Do you I remember did. any of those? Uh, yes, but I'm not sure I can share. <laughs> um, That's a good exercise. No, it was it was phenomenal. I, I've but never I heard didn't of anyone really, doing that. Well, and I didn't know what I was actually doing. It was just something that I I just kept thinking about my experiences and mm-hmm. really thinking about what I wanted to do next. And so um, I highly recommend it um, wow. for people to do. And even when people ask me. Um, 
you know, they want to be mentored or they want advice, you know, I'm like, get a journal out and just start putting ideas down. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a formal thing. It's just when it comes to you. And um, it was a great exercise. And I think for me, when I finally got to a place in that process um, and realized, you know, I've had great experiences. I have great experience. And I was super passionate about this industry. And so, you know, I came to this point where I thought, oh, you know, I could I could try this and see how it goes. And if it doesn't work out, my non-compete will be up and I'll, I can go work for somebody else. I'll get my resume I together. Just, I'm imagining it's hard in that world to convince new business that you're great at it when you don't have the history yet. Absolutely. That is the hardest thing. How do you thing. get over that hump? That's the hardest thing. Um, we were really transparent that, that, you know, I started and then I recruited a bunch of super talented people to come along the ride with me. And we were able to put together a capabilities presentation, but we were very transparent about, you know, this is not work that Knock did. Um, this is work that we all did in our past experiences. Uh -huh. And so through that, um, just being really upfront with people and looking for that one shot. And we, we were hired early on by a startup to do a branding project, naming, branding, packaging. Um, and then a few weeks into my agency experience, um, I was out with some friends and I told them what I was up to. And somebody gave my name to somebody up at Target. And I got a phone call and they needed help. And that's really, that was the start. So we, we actually started with a startup and um, and then quickly um, started working with a big company. And we were very fortunate. And, and our agency is still that way today. So we have, we work with a ton of um, startup, early stage businesses, as well but as big moment, companies. But that moment, once you've got that Target logo on your resume, it's like everybody goes, well, there was yeah. probably a definitely a pivot there. Well, and, and, you know, they have obviously, you know, Target's... Um, loves de good design. And I think that's the thing. It's like you, you don't do work for a company like Target unless you're really good. So going back to your qu first question, how do you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we do great work and we deliver and we have to keep delivering. And so... Um, you know, I couldn't help but wonder as I, you know, was looking at some clients you have and I believe one of them is Levi's, you know, the jeans brand. And when you get that opportunity with a brand that's been around that long and I guess everyone has a perception of it and you're like, you know, I grew up watching 501 commercials sure. or whatever. It's like, do you ever sit there and go, what can I bring to this brand that hasn't been done? Or that has to be a bit daunting at first. You know, I never really look at it like that. I think for us, you know, our job is to problem solve. And and with Levi's, the opportunity there was that they were launching, they, they had created this proprietary denim, and they were launching a shaping jean for women. And I think their challenge was that, you know, it's a brand that's known as a guy's jean. So mm -hmm. our job is to change that perception and, and to introduce mm. this this denim, this this line. And so we, we were actually tasked with naming the, the brand and then all the branding and elements that came along with it. But for us, it was, you know, we look at it as um, that's our job. You know, we is have It to, doesn't matter what the brand is, how big or how little. Like, what's the problem at hand or what's the task Or at the hand? opportunity. So yeah. what's the white space? Where can we help, you know, steer them? I mean, clearly they are a big company, a great company. Um, and so our job is to take 
all their great assets and knowledge and equities and then help them carve out new new paths and new consumers. Okay. Now, I don't even have time to name out name off all the offerings. Like if you go to um uh, knockinc.com, you'll literally, you'll see it right there. There's all the different things you offer under strategy, creative, from, you know, social, digital, retail experience, environmental, implementation, it's marketing, it's print. You, you know, you go through all the bazillion things that you can do under the Knock Inc. umbrella, right? So cast that aside. What are you guys really good at? If you can only pick one thing, like we're better than wow. anybody at that. I'm not sure I'm going to answer that. Yes, you then are. We'll, we'll get wait. tasked with that. <laughs> I mean, we, we consider ourselves an experience agency. And so creating those experiences for our clients, whether they're in healthcare, whether they're in retail, consumer products. Um, so we're, we're great at that. I would, say, I would say the thing that makes us successful is we're great collaborators and good listeners. And so really... Um, I think my experience with agencies and sort of the perception, and hopefully this is changing in our industry, is that there tends to be some tension between clients and agencies, you know, that the agency thinks they know more than the client. And um, <laughs> we're the opposite. The client knows more than we do about their yeah. business. It's our job to listen to what they're saying and then bring them, you know, new thinking and new ideas, obviously deliver on what they've asked for, um, but also through the, you know, uncovering and research, and we're super curious. And so we like to say, yeah, this, you know, you've asked us to do this, but we think there's some other opportunities here. And so that's really been, that's at the DNA of the company. And I think that's why people like working with us okay. is that we're not just delivering what they've asked for. We're actually trying to push them into spaces that maybe they're not ready to go, um, but to get them thinking about other opportunities. You know, we can talk about, now I'm going to shift to you to a lot of the advice for any business out there that might be listening to and thinking about hiring an agency. You know, all, you know, and I come from a traditional media, a radio, and you know, there's always the darling new shiny object, which can get things super clouded. And so a lot of businesses are out there chasing that shiny new object, and there, and a lot of times that might be. The white space you're talking about, mm -hmm. a lot of times the white space may be going back to traditional things. What are your thoughts on that? I think it – I love that point because it is true. I mean we see you know, things that people thought would be obsolete by now like print. Um, it's, it's still here. I mean I think that it really depends on who they're trying to talk to. And you know, if they're a small company, clearly we're not going to recommend – you know, they're a small company and they're focused in a certain, you know, geographic space. You know, there's certain things that we wouldn't recommend that they do. And, and just really trying to be smart about spending their money. And I, I, I tell our staff, pretend it's your checkbook. Pretend it's your money. Um, how would you spend it? And, you know, trying to get people to appreciate the fact that, you know, this isn't, and as you said, marketing budgets have changed drastically Um in the last 16 years, and they have. And so it's, it's you know, even with our big clients, we have to be smart and responsible in making those recommendations. So I think if you're just getting started and you have an idea and you want to understand, you know, where the opportunities are, they, you know, some things would make sense for people and other things we wouldn't recommend. I think the great thing about today is that you can actually reach a lot of people through social media, through the digital space, um, and, and probably not 
have to spend a ton of money, you know, with without those channels. So I think that it's, you know, we see it, you know, with a lot of startups too. It's just being able to connect. Um, you know, to my point earlier where I, I was like, agencies run the gamut. There's a lot of self-claimed digital marketers out there that like literally have just laid claim to it. And, you know, so what sets you apart on that as opposed to the like, oh, I know a lot about social media. There's a lot of that. Sure. And they're taking people's money and spending it when that's just a piece of the puzzle for most brands. Exactly. And I think, and that's very true. And so we we talk about the the journey that the consumer is going on when they're experiencing the brand. And today, we don't necessarily know where that relationship starts and stops. And so if you're trying to connect with consumers, you need to, and, and you're a bigger company, you're going to need to really make sure that all those touch points um, have the same experience. And I think that's probably the biggest opportunity that, that um, agencies have today is to make sure that you know, if they're, you know, if it's a mobile experience, what, what does that feel like if it's a retail experience and so, or, or an online, um, just making sure that all those um, experiences are good. And, and we don't see that right now. We see it, it's very fragmented. Mm. Um, you could go to a store, have a great experience and then go online and not have that same yeah. and, and it's really, I think, um, a challenge, and it's it's an investment that people need to make. If if you're going to be there and show up, then it to us that should be a great experience. If when I go to a Target, if there's a dirty diaper in the parking lot, I want to see a dirty diaper on the website too. <laughs> is that what you mean? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> hey, uh, what what is like when you have a new client? They come in and you're looking at what their strategies have been. Have you seen any like a common ground of mistakes that most and let's say small to medium business? I mean, you're a large agency, so I imagine they have they're somewhat established. But is there like a common? Have you seen a common theme of mistakes that? smaller businesses are making with their strategies? I don't know if it's necessarily mistakes. I think some, a lot of the times I don't think that they're thinking big enough or thinking about, especially if they have one product or one service. And so we love to work with them to think about, you know, does this have legs? And, you know, you're, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Have you thought about brand extensions or multiples? Um, so I think it's, it's, you know, a lot of the times they get hyper focused on that one, one idea, and so to be able to sit down with them and, and talk about, you know, let's think about this. Let's think five years out, especially when it comes to naming and branding. Are you going to be locked into this name that's completely tied to this business? What if you decide to pivot? Um, you know, we need to be thinking about their future and and what that name or that it's easy identity. to uh, pigeonhole it early on. They tend to, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And, and so, you know, our job is to help them see other spaces and other things, even if that's not where they end up launching, is to make sure. The other thing that we see a lot of, especially, and it's it's pretty 101, but a lot of times, you know, there's, there's I think, a lack of experience around copyright and um, trademark. And so they think, oh, you know, it's a great name, and I, the URL was available, um, and so they think that they can name their company yeah. that or their product that. And naming and, a com- company, if anyone's ever been through that process, is I think horrible. it's the hardest part of it's brutal. Yes, yes. 
It's very personal. And again, people sort of get locked into certain ideas about that. And, and you know, I mean, we've got obviously the USPTO is a great place to do searches, but I would absolutely hire a firm or somebody that has experience. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times they'll say, oh, you know, my brother-in-law is a lawyer and he thinks it's okay. And then we find out the brother-in-law practices, you know, in a different area of the law. And so um, I would say if people are going to make an investment in launching something is to make sure that they're protecting their brand by trademarking their name, um, but also making sure they're not infringing on someone else's um, name. Yeah. This this is a question that you may or may not be able to answer, but let's say you're a small business, you're starting to grow, like ballpark. And again, I know this is, I'm pushing you to answer something that's probably hard to answer. Like what sort of annual advertising budget Millions. Warrant an agency. <laughs> I know. I know. Like to make, you know, to make it worth that while. You know what I mean? And I guess, again, that's a very broad question. It's really hard. Question. I mean, we work with all sizes. And, and again, I don't know if it's, um, you know, we t- really need to be thinking about where, they're, where they show up and what we need to invest in. And that obviously can change over time. I mean, we work with, you know, people that have tiny little budgets to people that, that have bigger budgets. I think it really depends on the space. That they're in, and so if you got me to it, I wouldn't a, hear a number. I knew I wouldn't hear a number. Millions, I told you, <laughs> millions. <laughs> more uh, than more than you think. <laughs> if I could tell companies, and you're going to fill in the blank here, in today's day and age, you should probably quit wasting your time with blank. With not starting your company. <laughs> I have a lot of people who, especially women, you know, women have a hard time. Um, going, you know, just jumping in and, and you know, it, it, we joke, and I, I, I didn't coin this, but I, I, I believe it was um, maybe it was somebody at EY, you know, guys are totally comfortable jumping in, at, you know, with 60% of the information and women want 100%. Well, mm-hmm. you're never going to have 100%. So just be happy with the 60 and, and start your business. Um, I think there's never a good time. I mean, clearly, you know, when I started, it wasn't um, a great time to start a company, um, and there was a lot happening in the world that was pretty scary. So I think you know, there's never a good time. Yeah, you know, there's <laughs> never a good time, and so I think I think you know, not doing it and having regrets um, is pretty sad. So yeah, you know, you can try it. If it doesn't work out, it might end a marriage. You never. It know. might end a marriage. <laughs> it might end. Mine, mine hasn't ended, but um, we've had our moments and. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that could be with any job that's stressful. If if someone's bootstrapped and they're just they're trying, hopefully, getting to the point where they hire an agency, like what in your opinion, what is the most effective thing they could probably do on their own today? There's a lot that they can do on their own. I mean, I think you know, especially with social media and networks and getting you know, really getting the, their name out there and their brand. Um, getting PR. PR is a great place, you know, um, working with their local, you know, we've got all kinds of, you do too. I mean, you've got all kinds of um, great publications and, you know, really letting people know what you're up to, having people talk about you, having your customers talk about you. I mean, when we look at our business and, you know, for years we spent all this money trying to talk to people we didn't know, um, and, you know, we came to this audit of all of our clients and looking at our business, 
I think it was like 97% of our business is repeat and referral. So what does that tell us? That tells us that people like us, that they're referring us to other people. And also when they leave that company, they're taking us with them. Um, and so the network really, to me, was the big aha. Like, you know, get involved in your industry networks, have people talk about you. Um, I think people feel stretched. They feel like, oh, one more thing. I can't, you know, invest in one more night out. But I, I would say that's the best investment is, you know, just showing up and letting people see, you know, what you're doing and mm -hmm. and asking for those recommendations, asking to be introduced to somebody. I think that's a really, for me, you know, it, it, I, I had a hard time. I love helping people. I have a hard time asking for help. Um, and I think I hit a point in my life and company where I was just like, I need, I need help. And I love it. I ask for help all the time now and encourage our leadership team and our staff to do the same, but asking for an introduction, you know, I want to meet JB. I want to be yeah. on his show. Could you make an introduction? Or just saying, I don't know sometimes. <laughs> I say, I don't know all the time. <laughs> and I think that's something else too. I think, you know, when you start a business, you know, there is this perception that you have to have all the answers mm -hmm. um, and you don't, you know, you have Google now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, you know, I always tell our staff like, we don't have to know, but there's someone out there that knows. And we'll and find can, them quickly. Yeah, we can find them. And people are amazing. People, people, you know, if you've got a good reputation and, you know, you can pick up the phone, it's incredible. And, and people call me all the time. And I'll take the call or I'll like, no, I'm not the person. I think that you, you should connect with this person. They might have better insights yeah. on that. Um, just that whole, you know, you pay it forward. You know, it's, 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 it's exciting. And I love to see um, and be, part, be a part of somebody growing their company. You know, it's like our, it's their baby, but we feel like it's our baby too. Yeah. What, uh, when people are shopping for an agency, and again, they're all different sizes and different types. So this is a tough one again, but like, what should they look for? I mean, what questions should they be asking themselves? I would, you know, obviously try to find somebody that's worked with that agency, find out how they work, what their reputation is. You know, I mean, you can show great work, um, you can show your experience, but it's really finding out who they are. I would meet with them. I would meet with other agencies. You know, it's it's a relationship. It's got to be somebody that you enjoy being with. And, you know, if if in, in it, and it's the same for an agency when we're talking to clients and we're vetting potential opportunities, you know, if, if you're having conversations with people early on and they don't feel good, it's not a good it's not going to be a good relationship. So I think just trying to find out a little bit more about who they are, how they work. Um, and if they're small, you know, and, and it's a bigger agency? Are they going to be treated, you know, as an afterthought? Like, how is that agency really going to service them? I don't ask that, who the working team is. Um, so the people that may be pitching them may not be the people that will be working with them. I think that's a really important question. Who's my team? You know, meet the team. And again, you know, these are the people that you're going to have to work with um, for hopefully a long time. Um, but it's it's the, it's those early conversations, and if you start to have flags, like oh I don't know, about, I, I would just you know kindly walk away. And have you ever fired a client? We have. It's really hard, it's, but it's, also probably liberating, isn't it? <laughs> more in the sense, um, 
from the staff standpoint, you know, we it, it, it's a hard thing. It's it's never it, it's you know I stayed up many nights not sleeping, having to part ways. But but it was you know I was it would be at the cost of my staff, um, and that wasn't worth it I just, to me. I've seen it from uh, on the other side too, where uh, again my media background, where there's a particular agency that just. It doesn't matter, and I, different places. Everyone around town knew that that agency was a beatdown, and at a certain point, they want to fire. You know, they're just like, I can't, I can't right. be the rep to manage this agency anymore. No, that's a, that, when I hear those stories. That's that makes me sad because it 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 does hurt our industry, and um, and so hopefully, hopefully, that's getting getting better. I mean, I think you know, I, I, when I started Knock, and, and we were more of a hybrid between branding, design, and advertising, which was pretty unusual at the time. It's more common now. Um, I didn't want to go up against you know the big the big guys, so I thought, well, if I position the company this way, um, you know, I'll have opportunities to to sort of go in on certain types of projects and certain levels of project, and not have to compete with with you know some of those bigger shops yeah. and you know n- and new thinking and new ways of working with clients but um, certainly it's you know it's your money and um, you know it's like hiring an architect it's like hiring a doctor I mean you know you have to shop around and and see what you know who you really connect with and then you know do they have experience in your industry? Or not, I'm not a believer that, you know, you have to be working with an agency that's in your vertical. We've had clients actually hire us specifically because we didn't know their industry. And maybe there were some industries that were challenged at the time and feeling like the the fresh fresh (laughs) eyes. Um, And so, um, you know, I think it's making, you know, three, four priorities. Good working team. Are they going to deliver on my work? Um, and you can find that out by, you know, they may even list their clients. And you can probably yeah. through LinkedIn today, I mean, you can find yeah. anybody who's been anywhere and um, make a phone call yeah. and, and ask what the, their experience was like or ask them to, to provide some references. Absolutely. We just had that conversation around here earlier today with a digital marketer. It's like, oh, if they claim this is their client, I'm going to call them. Right. That's very, very good. Right. Um, one more thing, since the popularity of the television show Mad Men, does everyone assume you drink cocktails all day? We do. We drink all day long, <laughs> all night. Um, we're fortunate that we're an independent agency at Knock, and so we get to decide what um, beverages of choice are <laughs> are in our agency. But we do. We 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 have clients in that in the spirits world, and so we enjoy having our cocktails around it gets a little dicey when we bring in you know we have some we do an internship program and we actually have um a couple of um a couple of nonprofit organizations um that work with we're trying to diversify our industry our industry is not very diverse and so we have had high school students intern and so then that's like okay we gotta oh care make sure you know put a wristband on them during the parties they can't have (laughs) Well, it's weird too working with like the super creatives. Like, it's not a normal environment. No, <laughs> it's a weird. And that's environment a hard effect. thing. You know, it, it's hard because you can't, you know, tell somebody to like, okay, turn on your creativity now, go. Um, so I think that's something that that it's it's a it's a challenging perception, especially when you're working with bigger companies and if they don't understand 
the process, the creative process, you know, there's this expectation that you can lay out and tell people exactly how many hours of whose time you're going to need. And, um, and it's like, it, you know, it doesn't always work that way. I can't tell you how many times in my life uh, a rep, a sales rep in radio would say, I need a pitch for such and such client by noon and it's 11 o'clock. Bad idea. What, you got an idea? No. I'd, almost daily that would happen. Right. Uh, I think that goes back to the drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, you know, the agency's just gathering ideas from all right. of us, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what I like to do is have people shadow and sit in. Um, meetings that they normally wouldn't sit in to see what that process is like. Oh, yeah. and, you know, I think if they, and same thing with, you know, I think in an agency, I actually think, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but but the people that are in production that are having to finish all that amazing, you know, amazing strategy turns into this amazing work. And now we have to um, prep it for whatever channel it is that we're delivering um, they tend to be the ones that get shortchanged with time, mm. and so we, you know, we'll push it, we'll push it. The client will push it, mm -hmm. but we still have to make the deadline. And so, I, my heart always goes out <laughs> to the production department. And so, at Knock, I've had people sit in and see, like, this is, you know, here's Studious. your ask, yeah. and now you need to go watch them try to hit and your see deadline, how time consuming, and is. what you've done to them. And, you know, that they have a life, that they have kids and dogs no, and they don't. partners. And, no, they don't. They right. But I think that I think the, the shadowing <laughs> thing, I think, is, is and we're going to actually that, that's something that we're really focused on moving forward is having people sit in um, other departments to experience, you know. Oh, I love that. It's, it's really great. It's really great. And I think it just lends a new a new lens to, you know, to the business and um, maybe they'll learn something. I love it. I love it. Well, it's been a pleasure, Lily Hall. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed An this. Honor. Knockinc.com if you're looking to reach out to Lily and have her work with your company. And you gave away some great advice for free. We appreciate that. Absolutely. This is EBW Radio. Thanks for listening to EBW Radio, empowering a billion women by 2020. Whoa.